going to start out and then see where God takes us today. I'm excited to see what He's going to do and who He's going to talk through. does not matter to me. I just want to hear from Him. I just want to hear His Word today. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, God. I thank you for that stirring prayer. God, I thank you for it. God, awaken us in this prayer. God, awaken us in prayer and give us that cry of your spirit. God, give us that cry. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. We lift you up today, God. We lift you up, Lord. Elevate our minds today, Jesus. Let us come into that realm of your spirit today, God, and elevate our minds. Lord, and put us in that mind of your spirit, Jesus. Oh, I love you today. Lord, I love you. Come on, let's reach out to him. Let's reach Reach out to him. Oh, I love you today, Lord. I love you, God. I cast all my care upon you, Jesus. I cast all my care upon you today, God. All these things that want to war and weigh in my mind, God, I cast it to you today. Lord, all the loved ones I'm concerned about, Lord, I just cast that care onto you, Lord. And the only care I want, Lord, is to perform your will. Lord, I don't want anything else but to perform your will, God. Lord, I cast that care upon you. You help each one of us today to set our minds and to set our hearts upon you. Lord, and to release those things to you, Jesus. You're our burden bearer, Lord. You're the one that carries our burdens. You said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Sometimes I feel so heavy laden, Lord. Sometimes it's of my own doing, God, and sometimes it's what others place on me, and sometimes it's just what the enemy would want to lay on me, Lord, but I cast it onto you, Lord. I trust you, Lord God. I trust you, Jesus. Oh, I trust you, Lord. Yes, I do. I trust you. And I love you today. I love you. Hallelujah. Do you love him? Do you love him today? Do you love him today? I tell you, the Lord just brought something to my attention. Now, I want you to be reaching out. I don't know who God's going to use today and who God moves on that spirit. So uh, just be ready. It might be your day. I don't know. We'll see. But the Lord just put something in my spirit, Sister Pat, about how we trust the Lord. And, you know, we say we trust Him, right? We have this, we think we do. So I use a little example. Have you ever had something happen in your life and you kind of get offended? You get offended, not kind of, but you get offended at God. We're real. This is what we do. And He still loves us. And we say, I thought you were going to keep me in that. I thought you were going to protect me from that. That I have, I have done, I do it. I still do it. And I try to push that aside and grow up from that. I'll give you a little example. And y'all, you know, we all have heard us all talk about when our house burned. And my feelings were so hurt at God when that happened. My feelings were hurt. And I had to get real and come to God and say, I thought you were going to would keep me from something like that. This is the conversation I have with the Lord. I've trusted you all my life. You've always kept me. You didn't keep me in this, and I thought you would keep me. My feelings were very hurt. And it wasn't just at losing my stuff, but I saw how it went through my whole family. It took me years to admit my feelings were hurt with God, but he knew it all along. It was the finger of God touched my house, and that's what my house was my dearest natural possession. It represented who I was as a person. A lot of us women, we we can do that. And I know you, some of y'all have heard me talk along these lines before. That was my identity. I was a homemaker. That's my job. And that's and he took it. 
and he messed my kids up in the process. I was doing my best to have healthy, strong kids and, uh, you know, good all-round people. And then that came and, you know, it did damage. It did damage. And I didn't do it. And I couldn't fix it. It was out of my hands. And so my feelings were really hurt at God. So I used that as an example. So in my messed up conversation, I'm thinking, but God, I trusted you. Okay. I trust you with everything. So we act like because we trust him, we should have no fear. Right? So I did have no fear that I assumed he would keep my house. I had no fear of that. Follow with me. Now my mom's gone through several things. So I had a fear trying to come at me about my mother passing. Now, I have full confidence in God. I'll be sad and whatever, but the enemy was playing that thing to me of the fear that I was, of the fear of losing her and all this kind of crazy stuff. And I would, I I told God, I said, I could not trust him with that. Do you see the double standard I have? We bust out there in faith saying, I trust you, Lord. I trust you to keep me in a tornado, but I can't trust him to help me through when my mama passes. Does it, am I making any sense to you? He's showing me my double standard that I choose to have faith where I choose to have faith. And then in those areas that I won't have faith because it's too big or too personal, or whatever. What he's showing me is, I'm lacking faith everywhere in my life, is what it amounts to. So i got to have his faith. It's not my faith. It's his faith. So this faith that I thought I had about him protecting our house, that was my faith. That wasn't faith I got from him. That was faith I had in myself, and thinking that I was a good girl, and he was going to keep me, and all of that. And therefore my feelings were hurt and offended when it didn't happen. And I think I'm such a big faith person. Then it comes to that situation with my mother and there's no way I'm giving it to him. I'm not letting him touch. I'm like, no, you can't have that. That's too dear to my heart. And he just laughs and says, poor little Lisa. But that's all right. He's showing me I got more maturity. I really do trust him. It was the enemy warning me with fear. I really do trust him. But he began to show me the double standard that we have. We're so confident. We just drive down the road. You're going to keep me from an accident. We're so confident in that. Right? And we barely, we miss and we get out of one. And we're like, whoo, God kept me. But then something touches our lives and we'll say, well, why didn't you keep me? He did. He keeps us in everything. That's my point. Um, That's my point. The bad time, he did keep me during that fire. He did keep me, not the way I wanted, but he kept me the way he wanted. So he's going to keep me when that day comes and my mother passes. He's going to keep me. He will. You've, people live through it all the time, and he will. So I'm learning this. You'd think you would learn by now the devil's games. How many of you worry or have ever worried? I have. And then it never came, and it never came to pass. Do you know the hours and the acid in your stomach and the, <laughs> that we gained when worrying for something that never happened? I have been guilty of that, and I have go through seasons, and it seems as though I've been in a season uh, of late of 
of uh, thoughts coming to me of negative, just different thoughts, and I worry. Worry about this, and none of it I have any control over, Sister Deborah. Not one thing. I can't grow money on trees. I can't keep people alive. I can't heal them. I can't cause them to repent and serve God. I have no power. I have, but you know what I do have power over is my relationship. My relationship with God. I can control that. And He's begun showing me and re-showing me again about this, about worry. That's not faith. And that's the enemy pressing and tormenting and placing fear there so that you won't trust God and you're afraid to do anything because of what the devil might do. So he gets you boxed into a corner where you're not going to do anything because you don't know if you step out where you're going to get hit. If you step out in faith to believe that your mother's going to be healed, God's going to take her. If you step out in faith to uh, uh, not have your husband work in a job and, and live by faith for God, you're going to lose your house. You step out and witness to your child and you give them the testimony of Christ and they're going to turn around and hate God. Come on now. I'm just, come on. These, I know I'm not the only one. And the devil backs you into a corner where you're afraid to do anything because he's tormenting you with a negative that's going to be there. I've got a grandson that was just born. And he's not passed a hearing test yet. And in the hospital, I had such peace about it. I had shared with Brother Donald about that. I had and others, uh, you know, that we were talking about it, and the Lord gave me that scripture. I just had such peace that about uh, the blind man and the parents or the whoever, they said, well, whose fault is it that this man is blind? And Jesus said, none, but that the glory of God would be revealed. And God just put that in my spirit, and I had such peace. But then there's been those moments of, well, they don't serve God, so why, why would God move for them? He's a lot... You, Hello, come on. He's a liar. I don't... God, that is not the God that we serve. He is a loving, kind, and just God. He, and he, he accepts us as we are. And He knows how to woo us and bring us into Him. So I began really looking and I was like, Oh my goodness, look at all these hours of worry and I, look, driving. You know, I may have my Bible on and I want to listen to it, but yet my mind is worrying. I, look, I thought I had conquered this long ago. I thought that I had, but I thank God he proved it out in me one more time. That if I get under enough pressure, I'm going to revert back to that behavior. <laughs> and I don't want that. I want to have that place of peace and faith and confidence. I really do trust him. And I've begun, what I've begun doing when those worry thoughts come and that terrible feeling I get in my stomach when worry and fear comes, I get a terrible reaction in my stomach. I'm learning peace. <laughs> peace be still. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I think Sister Susie said something like that last week. The enemy was pressing her so about her kids and different things. And she just turned around. She said, shut up. Shut up. Wherever you're coming from, shut up. So I've begun doing that. And I said, shut up. 
I'm not going to lay awake at night. What good is it doing for me to lay awake? I mean, my eyes pop open in the night and I fear, whatever. Doesn't you get, give me, pick one. <laughs> pick one. And it's going to come across my, I said, this is not peace, God. This is not peace. This is not your spirit. Your spirit is not, does not bring torment. So I've had to go back and readdress some issues in my life. And I remember pastor speaking a few years back. Uh, I believe in a prophecy, or if not, he just ministered it. But God told him, things that we thought we had conquered. You remember that? You remember that? They were going to come back up. Well, that fear demon was a big one for me. I mean, a big honking devil. And I was sure God had worked enough in my spirit to get that thing out. But you know what? That little demon tried to creep itself back in, but I will not allow it. By God's grace, by the faith of the Son of God that lives in me, that faith, He is the author and the finisher of my faith, and I'm not letting that fear come back in. It crept in. It was a sneaky thing. I got tired, physically tired. Is a good way the enemy can come into us. Our defenses get down, and I've been pushed pretty good for about two years now, and intensely over the last few months, just... Every time I turn around, it was a situation. And I kept saying, God, your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient. And it is sufficient when I let it be. But it was those areas where I got weak and I wanted to go to my own power. So I'm shoring myself up today. And I want you to do that. I want you to do that. If you've got something cropped back up in your life that you had victory over, Let's get it put back down. We still have victory. We still do. I'm still more than a conqueror in him. I still am. The devil just tried to send that play back by to see if I'd bite. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. That is the death of me. And it's the death of you too. That fear will kill you. We all have had it. And the devil brings it to every one of us. Even our pastor. He just does it happen to express his as much as we some of us others might so stand firm stand firm and know who we are know who we are in him i thank god for bringing that to my attention it was just in a simple conversation that the reality of that came out and i was like oh my goodness i can't believe i fell for this i can't believe it don't you sister pat don't we sometimes just like how did i fall for that that was so obviously satan that came at me but because we try to look you get tired and you do try to carry it in your own strength because you that's what's natural to you it's very hard to release and let that spirit man do the work for you. But I'm learning that again in a deeper way. And I'm glad. I'm glad. So I want to just throw that out as a little encouragement today. Because we are pressing for something. But I know the enemy's trying to hinder us in any way that he possibly can. And that makes me mad. <laughs> that makes me mad. I'm going to tell you what makes me mad too is when I get in my own fight and my own warfare that I lose sight of the brethren to help them in their fight and their warfare. So that's off the list now because that's what he does. You don't want Brother John to get so wrapped up in his own warfare that he can't help us fight. Well, the same, I don't want to get so wrapped up in my warfare 
that I can't see Sister Deborah's need and go to prayer with her or whomever it would be. Hold this body up in prayer. We, together we're strong. Together we're strong. So I just thank the Lord today, and I pray that, that uh, wherever you've been struggling, that you're going to be able to take that and take it with new fight and apply it to the devil and not give in to those fears and those torments. They're not real. Every one of us, if you, lot, if you leave here today, and I, want you, I just challenge you to logically think about the things you have feared and how much time you worried, and then you came up to the situation and it didn't, come to, it didn't happen in that negative, but the good happened. Look, I was like, I wasted two weeks worrying about that. So that ought to show us that feeling, that's the devil. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And if you're not going through that, well, if you do, remember it. <laughs> remember these words, and maybe it'll help you come through it. Amen. I love him today. I do. I love the Lord. I just has so much in my spirit. I'm probably going to have Sister Kathy come and just let her just share the things in her spirit today before Brother Metter comes out and talks to us. But I really want us to be encouraged. And I want us to press. Sister Deborah, I want you to really start asking the Lord, not just you, every one of us, what is his purpose for your life. I do that all the time. I do it all the time. You know you're different. You know from a child. Now I've asked God, why? Why? A thousand times, why? Why me? What? I'm, what? Why me? Well, he's going to show us why us. I was born nothing. I was just born just like you were. You were just born. But yet you've known there's something different. I'm like, why? why? Why did he place you not just on this planet, but here in this church? Why, Brother Donald? Why? Brother Justin, why? Brother Philip, why? Let's petition God and he's going to show you. He will show you. He started bringing some things this last week into clarity in my mind and giving me understanding. And I still ask him why. I'm like, why? Why did he choose me to be his wife and try to tag along with him and all that he goes through in his ministry? Why? He could have got some big strong woman. Instead, he got, chose me. <laughs> Of you know who has no ability, nobody, raised in a completely different home. I mean, you couldn't be opposites more than he and I are. We are two, not just as as different as male and female is, is as different as we are in our natural being, but yet we are one. It's the unity in the spirit. We are one, but we are so different. And I just ask God, why, <laughs> why? But there's a reason, not in a, not in a bad way, but in an unworthy. I am, like, you could have chose somebody way better than me. He could have chose somebody that had been singing in church all their lives and preaching and prophesying since they were eight, nine years old, you know, and had a vision of a ministry and was called to this, that, and the other. And no, he got me with nothing. So here we are, all of us, unworthy unworthy but he it's his righteousness his righteousness don't be surprised sister deborah what god's called you to and don't back down don't be intimidated i speak 
as from experience. Don't be intimidated. I don't know what God's got for you. I don't know, but I know it's good. And I know it's real. And I don't know that it's ever going to be with a microphone, but I know it will be to many. You are, a, you are like a mother. And you will nurture those like a mother. That is in your nature. And He gave you that nature. So I don't know who they're going to be. But he does. And you're going to shepherd them your own self. That's what you're going to do because you love them. You have that love and you have the ability. So keep asking him. I'm still asking. You keep asking him because he's going to bring it to you. And you're going to feel so fulfilled in it. And that's what I'm waiting for. I want to feel that fulfillment in his purpose. I don't want anything beyond that. That's what I want to encourage you with today. Find your purpose. Ask Him. Ask Him. I had somebody ask me to pray and see if God would tell me their purpose. I was like, I, I'm, I'm trying to find my own. You know, I'm going to pray and God show you your purpose. But that's not my job. That's not pastor's job. He might tell you, give you an area, but you got to seek Him for it. I got it. And Brother Donald, we each one got to seek Him for it. And so I, I'm telling you, I really am so encouraged in his mercy and grace. So I'm going to get ready to let Sister Kathy come. But I want to remind you, Tuesday night at 730, we're meeting for prayer. This is so important that we meet together for prayer. Do y'all remember Brother Metter speaking as Sister Kathy comes? He spoke about that the Lord, I don't remember if it was a prophecy or how it came forth, but he told him, that people, that God was going to put L.A.J. and Carter K. Georgia on the map and that people would drive by here and say those people serve the true and living God or something to that effect or their God is real, something to that effect. And the Lord told him it was going to come through prayer. So we got to come together and pray. We got to come together and pray. So let's get the vision Let's get in here and labor together and see who, whose life God is going to touch. If it was my, I would to God my family lived up here. So that prayer could go out and touch their lives. Don't you wish Josh and Renee just lived around in this area so that that prayer could go out and they could stand a chance and having God touch their lives? That's how I feel about it. So let's remember that prayer Tuesday night and let's come. We have other churches joining in with us. That excites me. We have other churches praying at that same time with us. Something is going to happen. And then we have individuals, too, who don't have a local church to attend, but they're praying with us. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. When people start praying, God hears and things happen. Amen. I love you all today. I love you and I love the Lord, and I can't wait to see how else he's going to minister to us. Yes, ma'am. Oh, for sure. See, I told y'all who was gonna God going to use today. Now, what I said, just looking to see who God's going to use today. Yes, ma'am. I don't sleep good at night. Uh -huh. I guess as much as a lot of people do. But the other morning I woke up at 3.22. That's what was on the clock. Got up and went to the bathroom. Couldn't go back to sleep. Something said, turn your TV on. Well, when I turned the TV on, there was a screen with scripture on it. Here's the scripture. Right along with what you've been talking about, this fear. 
It said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He hears our cry. He brought me. I can't even read. He brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my foot upon a rock and established my goings. You know, what else do you need except proof like that that comes on a TV screen? You don't even have to read your Bible. Yes. I waited patiently. I've been waiting patiently with this thing that I got going on. Yes. God healed the mess in my breast. They couldn't find it. The doctor couldn't believe it. She wanted an ultrasound. But I'm still de- dealing with these three in my chest. Uh-huh. But I've waited patiently, and he inclined unto me. He didn't decline me. He, he hasn't. <laughs> Oh, he hears my cry. Yes, yes. And I trust him. He says to yes. wait on the Lord. Yes. And he, yes, hallelujah. But I'm telling you, at 3.30, it was about 3.30 but then, I mean, these scriptures was on the TV screen. Hallelujah. Turn your TV on. There was three, these two scriptures. I said, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? I waited patiently. Yes. (laughs) You know? But he's real, y'all. He is really real. And he'll hear your cry. That's right. He will. And I'm sorry I can't talk without crying. No. (laughs) But I I am such an humble person. You know? And that's probably the reason he hears my cry. But anyway, I just wanted to tell y'all about my experience. Yes. Hallelujah. That, I love it. That's what we said. Is that not what we've said? Whoever the Spirit, I didn't, it doesn't matter who the Spirit moves on. I don't care. I want to hear the voice of God. And that was the voice of God. I believe that. I believe that. I do. Wait impatiently. I be- yes. Wait impatiently. So all those fears, wait patiently. Wait patiently. Wait. I love that. I love that. He, the Lord woke me up one morning. It was six. I remember the time, you know, because I was so tired, but he woke me up. It was 6.15, and, and I was, he was talking. I, he was talking, and I was talking. We were talking as I came out of my sleep, and I got so excited. I have been so tired. Just I have just been tired. That's all I can say. I was refreshed, and I said, Jesus woke me up. I can't, I flipped those covers back. I was so excited. Jesus woke me up. Jesus, Jesus woke me up. Jesus woke me up. Jesus woke you up. He had, he had something he wanted to say to you. He had something. I love that. He's so mindful of us. Man, I threw those covers off and I ran in there and got my Bible. And I said, Jesus woke me up. I, I just couldn't get over the fact he loved me enough. He loved me enough. He loves you enough. To speak to us in all what we feel like is our shortcomings and our failings. He's right there and he lifts us up. Hallelujah. Really now he put those scriptures there because we had watched some of the old Olympics and he was on that channel. How about that? 
praise God. I believe it. It's like the handwriting on the wall, but it was the handwriting on the TV. So what? What does it matter? It was plain to say, man, I love that. That that excites me. That excites me. Hallelujah. Look at that. Hallelujah. My goodness. <laughs> I know when I knelt this morning in prayer, immediately the Spirit of God was just there. He was just there, loving on me, accepting me, just there, Sister Deborah. It's so awesome to be in his presence. And I, I was listening to everything y'all were saying and thinking how it so correlates with what's in my spirit this morning as I was doing some of my Bible reading this week. Um, I was reading about David and because I'm ahead of everybody else because I started before they did. But I was reading about David and how he he loved the Lord so much and he just had a heart for God and he wanted to do things right. David wanted to please the Lord so much so that he wouldn't even kill Saul when he had an opportunity. Saul was pursuing him to take his life and, and he was right there in David's hands and David would not take his life because Saul had been anointed by the Lord to be king and, and David refused to raise his hand against God's anointed like that. But yet, when you get on over there, David was up on the housetop of his roof, whatever, and he was looking over and he saw Bathsheba. And he committed adultery in his heart and he wanted this woman and he sent for her and he got her and he impregnated her and her married. And then when he couldn't fix it where it would look like it was his uh, Bathsheba's husband's child, then he uh, conceived to have... The husband murdered in battle, and I can't remember his name. I know it starts with Uzziah. Um, he, he committed murder. Uh, he conceived to commit murder of an innocent man when he would not take the life of someone that he really would have been justified in killing. And, and I pondered on that, and I thought, David was a man after God's own heart. God loved David. He loved him with his faults and his murdering uh, actions and his adultery and fornication and all of the things that you could list there out of Galatians chapter 5. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God loved David. He had a heart for God. And, and I thought about that and I, I wondered, Sister Deborah, how that must have made David feel after the fact when he realized his folly and how he had gotten into that place. And I, I began to think about my life, Sister Lisa, and how many times I've thought that I wasn't good enough for God because of all the mistakes I made and all the things I didn't get right and how many times I've messed up and how many times I've had to go back to God and say, I'm sorry I didn't do that right and I thought about that and I pondered about it and one more time one more time God spoke to my spirit and said it's not about what you can do or not do in and of yourself I don't have to be perfect I don't have to be perfect I'm striving for perfection to be holy even as he is holy not there yet I'm striving for it according to the word but my inability to be that right now in this moment does not in any way exclude me from him inclining to me 
He inclines his ear to me. He hears my prayer. He knows my heart. Hallelujah. Something that I don't even think I fully know and understand. But God knows and understands my heart. And he doesn't withhold from me. Amen. He he chooses to love us, Sister Deborah, and bless us and and keep us. He's keeping me. Amen. He's keeping me. Pardon me. Even though I haven't reached perfection yet. Amen. I am just so awed by God this morning. So awed by him. So humbled to be in his presence. Just that that feeling of his righteousness and his holiness just surrounding me like I'm immersed in it. It's, it's awe. I don't know any other word. It's awe. He's kept me all this time. He loves me. And it's, if I make a mistake, it's really okay. Because His grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. His blood was enough. (laughs) Amen. His blood was enough for me. Hallelujah. I am so thankful. So thankful for His grace and mercy this morning. And I was coming up the road. I was singing this song. And immediately the Spirit of God just saturated me. It's an old song. Everybody knows it. But I am so thankful that no matter what I go through. No matter if my house burns down. No matter if I commit some sin, some unholy, ungodly thing. No matter if I mess up. I've got an anchor in me that holds me. I am so anchored to the Lord. He holds me. And he pulls me right back to the place I need to be. Every time. I'm so thankful for that this morning. Amen. Y'all listen to the words and worship with me. There's just such a reverence in the house this morning. We love you, Jesus.
brother donald because we've got an anchor that can't be moved we've got an anchor that can't be broken or destroyed there's an anchor sister deborah in my soul that will not let go or let go of me hallelujah we've got something we can depend on something that we can have a faith in something hallelujah that will keep us and all the lies that he has to offer don't really mean anything. If we'll do like Sister Lisa said, if we'll recognize that thought, if we'll cast it down immediately, hallelujah, and say, no, you shut up. I'm not listening to you. I've got an anchor, hallelujah, and it holds this morning. I'm so, so thankful this morning that God put something in. It's not anything that I've done. God did this. God did this. He chose me. He put me under this word. He put a faith in me. He gave me that measure. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. I'm thankful this morning. 
We have got to get to a place, Sister Lisa, where it's just automatic. It's just automatic. And that's what preparation is all about. That's why we're in training. That's why things are allowed to come our way, to shake us, to see if we're going to move a little to the right or to the left. But we got to stand, Brother Donald. Come on, Pastor. I love the Lord this morning. I'm so thankful for His Word and His life in me. Amen. Hallelujah. So thankful. Uh, hallelujah that there's an anchor in me that holds and I don't have to worry about it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I was expecting this this morning, but you know, I submit myself to the apostle, so I guess I'm. But let's thank God for what He's doing. You know, That those that have not come to these prayer meetings on Tuesday, they missing out. You know, they keep saying, well, we won't move. We won't move a God. We want this. We want this from God. But yet, we don't want to pick the fifth, the fourth, the after to come to these meetings. Some people can't come because churches things come up. understand. But, you know, there's a lot of people just make excuses saying, I can't come because I got this going on. God don't want to hear excuses. We've got to a place now where God is, is saying no more excuses. You've got to get in. We've got to get this thing done because, you know, it, it, it's to a point now where God is sitting to move with you or without you. It's just that simple. I mean, you know, God is not... It's come to a point now where it's, it's, we are right at the verge of the kingdom. And if you ain't got your heart in this, He's going to bypass you by. And He sees your heart. He sees that you really want to come. And you, Like I said, things does come up and you can't make it. I understand. God sees your heart that you want to be here. But it's some people in here that can come that just choose, absolutely don't want to come. Just don't want to come. Just because they don't think they, they don't need the prayer. But you look at the, all through the history. God didn't move in a, a great move of God without prayer starting first. You look at, at Azusa Street. It didn't come with a, a shout or a, or a great service. or It, it come through prayer. It come through submitting yourself through God, cleaning your life out, and submitting to the, uh, to the, to the leadership, and then God moved. The apostle plainly told us to get in prayer, get this, to start out prayer, get, in, get the heart ready. But yet we don't look. Some people just ain't listen. I want this. I want this this fullness. I want this dimension. I want this this uh, power. You know, ever since I've started this, my job, my boss is giving me slack, giving me hard times. But you know what? It's fine. Because it's something that's taking place in God's people. You don't get churches that outside of this ministry starting to pray. They know something's fitting to take place. Pastors know something is fitting to happen. We've got to have a move of God. We've got to have a, a outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We don't we don't, we don't need another tongue talking. We don't need a but we need an outpouring, a indwelling of the Holy Ghost inside of us. It would change us. It with it with it give us the fullness of Christ. We need this dimension that that God has already purposes to have, but His people has not been ready. Because the church has been out of order, we, we you know you know pastors have been preaching about the getting the church in order, getting the the apostles and the prophets and the pastors and the teachers in order. You know it's you know it's it's time we get get things in order in the church and and get things in line where God can move. You know because I I'm ready to see something taking place. You can look out there and see things as you know going chaotic. Is all this stuff is going on and and all it's going to take is a a divine move of God, not a not a church service. Oh, we can have church, man. We've been this thing. We can have church. 
We can shout, we can talk, we can run the bench, we can, we can do church. But have a divine move of God is totally different. To know in the mind of the Spirit, knowing the being led by the Spirit is totally different. It's not just a, you know, we can, you know, a lot of here things, we go to church and, eat and shout and speak, oh man, we had church. No, you have flesh. That's what you had, it's flesh. But you don't know the mind of the Spirit. I want to know the mind of the Spirit. I want to know what God wants. And I do know one thing. God has ordered us to have a Tuesday night prayer service. And now we start a Monday Bible study. That's two things I know God has ordained. Until then, I'm going to push. Don't know nothing else. Don't know the, the will of God on everything else. But them two things. And no, no Sunday come here early on prayer. Three things that the pastors told us to do, that God wants us to do. So that's three things we can walk out until then something else happens. But then nothing else is going to happen unless you obey what? The leadership in this church. Our pastor's telling us, if you're disobedient, God ain't going to use you. God ain't going to move nothing else. It took me some long time. To understand, if we can't submit to the pastor, how can God use you? If you can't obey what He's telling you to do, how can you expect God to use you? If you don't have enough respect for the leadership you are under to come to these Tuesday night services and come in early Sunday to prayer, don't expect that God to use you. Because it ain't going to happen. I just thank you and love him. I'll welcome to the pastor. Step right there, son. You know, it was about two years ago. If it's been, I'm sure it's been two years. I was in Fort Payne and the Lord spoke to me. I was fixing to do something. I can't remember. Oh. The Lord had spoke to me about an ordination service to anoint or to ordain people in their ministries. You remember that, Siskat? Great service, powerful service. I think y'all was there, Brother Donald. And now it's getting ready to ordain these people according to their calling. And the Lord said, you have not yet ordained elders in the church. You know, Paul said, everywhere I go in every city, I ordain elders in the church. And the Lord spoke to me right back there, son. He told me to ordain you an evangelist and anoint you. Why don't you take your glasses off? Because God's getting ready to use you. I'm telling you. Y'all feel this? You just feel the witness of the Spirit. Because this young man's come in here and he's been still and faithful for over a year now. 
And he come in under me back in 08, 09. But I couldn't get him to sit still. He just wanted to preach. He wanted to go do what he felt like he needed to do. But last August, a year ago, he told me, he said, Brother Metter, he said, I'm going to sit still. And I ain't going to do nothing until you tell me I'm ready. Well, son, God's getting you ready. And by the Spirit of God that's in me, I ordain you an evangelist. I anoint you for the Spirit of the Lord to come upon you. And I know that you have a prayer life and you are hungry for God. There's something fixing to hit your life. But you ain't never felt the fire. And the words come so loud. I command the zeal of the Lord to eat you up. To consume your life. And take control of you and bring you forth. I ordain you an evangelist. And as Paul ministered to Timothy, he said, My son, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. And make full proof of thy ministry. And I anoint you and I impart unto you the gift of an evangelist. And I impart unto you the gift of healings and miracles that God's placed in my life. And it will testify and witness of the work of evangelists in your life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Go ahead and lift your hands and praise. My God, what a Savior. Man, can y'all not feel that? And I feel something of a whole Oh, hallelujah. My God. What a be I swole man. I feel a visitation of the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel a visitation of the Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, this thing may not go anywhere near like I planned. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Sister Deborah, come here. I know I prayed for you in Fort Payne, but I feel an anointing fixing to come on you. Go ahead and raise your hands up to the Lord. Hallelujah. Give me a sister up here to help. Hallelujah. Some fixing to come on you you ain't never had. Hallelujah. You're quiet. You're reserved. Everybody underestimates you. But I see a fire. I see a fire, a fire, a fire, a fire, a fire, a fire of the Holy Ghost, a fire of the Spirit of God burning. Oh, hey, 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 oh, oh, yeah. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God. You know, I've wondered for almost a year now why during that revival. I anointed that pickaxe handle and put it in your hand. But God told me, you fix to set your house in order. You fix to set some things in your house in order. And all this confusion, bickering, fussing, and fighting. All this upsetness that keeps your spirit tore up and keeps your home in an uproar. With all them people there, it's fixing to cease. And it's thus saith the Spirit of the living God. 
Man, if she gets that thing in her hand and finds you, I'd run for the hills. Hallelujah, I'm telling you. Glory. Come here, says Pat. Hallelujah, the Lord just spoke to me about you. He's fixing to anoint you as a teacher. You're going to teach the Word of God. I see this church growing, and I'm seeing you. By the Word of God, it says, you elder women, teach the younger. Hey! My God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, Holy Savior, righteous King. <laughs> Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Let them mock and make fun. Let them say, Brother Metters over there spinning his wheels with just a handful of people. Raise your hands. Hallelujah. Man, I feel a verasto correcti bazuku ramban steam chwachwa utres ilabranda banana rotne hallelujah brand new brand new you you hear me? I mean brand new you. I mean your health. I mean your diet. I mean your mindset. I mean the tongues of the Holy Ghost. The anointing of God. Brand new you. And the spirit that keeps your home in confusion. I put it to flight now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I put it to flight. I send it back to the gates of hell. And I command the Ready, chote, yet, what, right? No, 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 no. I speak a new mind. My God, I feel fire running through your forehead. Put your hand up there and feel her forehead's hot as fire. I feel that fire. I feel the fire purging. I feel the fire purifying. I, I feel the Spirit of God. I, my God, I, I hear the voice of the Lord saying, anointing of a pastor and a teacher. I, oh my God. And I put the word of the Lord on your life. That God spoke on me back in the 80s. I was driving down the road and the Lord said, Whosoever blesses shall bless them. Whosoever curses shall curse them. <laughs> know now that the blessing of Abraham comes upon thee. The blessing of the spirit of Abraham comes upon thee, my daughter. And I change. Yea, I've heard thy cry. I have seen thy tears. I've heard thy prayer. I've seen the wounds of thy heart and thy spirit. And this day, the spirit of the Lord that is upon my servant mends thy broken heart. Mends thy wounded spirit and raises thee up. And I take you into a new place. I release my scriptures and my knowledge into thy spirit and I open thy understanding in a way thou's not had. For this is a day of new beginning, saith God. My God, this thing's strong. Y'all can't feel this? My God, there's a power in this place. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and lift your hands and praise Him. Go ahead and lift your hands and praise Him. My God, it's like there's a saturation of the Holy Ghost. It's like there's a new wine. You feel drunk, Sister Deborah? You look drunk. You look drunk, Sister Pat. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Oh, hallelujah. For this is that. Saith God that was spoken by thy servant Joel, uh, that it shall come to pass uh, in the last days uh, that I will pour out of my spirit, saith God. Uh, hallelujah. There's a new wine in here today. Uh, there's a new wine. Drink of it. Partake of it. Uh, enter into it. Uh, let it come let it come on you. Uh, let it saturate you. Uh, a change. Uh, hallelujah. And the spirit happens today. Whew. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You better watch your words and you better watch your thoughts. You understand what I'm saying? The Spirit of the Lord in me can discern your thoughts. And the Spirit of the Lord in me can discern what you're fixing to say. You better watch your heart. You better guard your heart. And you better get your house in order. That's thus saith the Spirit of God. Whew. My God. Hallelujah. Tell me, brother, fix me some changes in your home. You mark it down. I don't know what God's going to do. But if God's got to send one one direction and one another, things fix and change. You ain't going to serve God in this upsetness. You ain't going to serve God in this contention. It won't work. I've told y'all for years, when your spirit's constantly tore up, somebody's always got a fuss and a row and an aggravation, somewhere God's going to deal with it. Now God's dealing with it. Now God's dealing with it. Now God. I send the word of God out uh, to every vessel, every servant, uh, every vessel of God. Uh, and I command upsetness uh, in your life to be dealt with uh, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I command it to be dealt with. I command the hand of God to deal with it. Whew. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to the Lord. My God, there's a power in this place. There's a power in this place. Oh, my Kayetro Ukre, Distrutse, Manche Wahataha, Fastohuche Hichi Ichaa. For even I, the Lord, speak to thee this day, and I give thee a sign of my word. I give thee a sign of the anointing. Yea, that our God have brought in thy midst. Yea, thou thinkest the floods and the rains in Louisiana. Yea, was something out of the ordinary. Just watch. Just watch. For our God calls a monsoon season to come upon the United States of America. There is areas that our God have dealt with and dealt with and dealt with and dealt with their wickedness and their 
perversion and evil. And now I, God, shall cause a monsoon season where the clouds that I speak to shall set over an area for days and days and days on end. And I shall cause it to rain, saith God, rains and rains on top of rains. For at this time I deal with wickedness and perversion and evil. You just let it start raining in places like Arizona and California where the ground's flat. They can get an inch or three-quarter inches of rain out there and they'll think it's going to flood because it's flat. You just let God put five, six, ten, twelve, fourteen inches of rain in areas like that and they'll be in water up to their chest. They'll be in water over their heads. Let me tell you something. The God of creation is tired of evil. And he's tired of sin in the church. It ain't that God is so much going to judge the wicked, Sister Deborah. He's tired of sin in the church. He's tired of sin in the church. He's tired of this bunch of spineless preachers. Won't address sin in the church. Won't address sin in their pulpits. I'm telling you, every evil, fornicating, adulterating, perverted, effeminate spirit that has lodged itself in the house of God. God's fixing to unlodge it. Well, people want the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ain't never seen. I'm telling you, you ain't never seen. If I know what I'm feeling. You know, America ain't had bad earthquakes. These places overseas, they've had bad ones. Kill 50, 75, 100, 150,000. America's fixing to have one. It's going to kill, I'm talking about into the thousands. God, God, God's fixing to do what he doesn't know us today. He's fixing to open the ground and swallow folks up. I ain't just talking about the earth shaking. I'm talking about God fixing to open the ground so pat and swallow folks up. I mean, they fixing to go down in the ground. They fixing to go down in the ground. God fixing to get evil out of the church. God's purging evil out of his church. God's getting sin out of the camp. You know when the men went up under Joshua to fight that little handful of people and Joshua told them not to go, wasn't the mind of God. And they went up there and fought against them. And they got whipped and run back to camp. And they got on their faces and prayed. You know what God told Joshua? They're sinning the camp. They're sinning the camp. God told me in 94 there was sin in the camp and I preached on it and I walked away from preachers. I turned my back on them and walked away from them. I got ridiculed. I got mocked. My name got cast out as evil. Doors got closed in my face because I stood for righteousness. But I stand for it again. I stand for it again. These fornicating preachers, these adulterating preachers, these homosexual lesbians, you call them LGBT. You call them anything you want. They're perverted. They're unclean. It's an unclean spirit. It's an unclean spirit. And it's trying to take our generation over. And I raise the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ of Nazareth against it. And I command the spirit of his mouth and the sword of the spirit to fight against this thing. Hallelujah. Glory. 
It's time to get up and be about the Father's business. It's time to get up and be about the Father's business. I was going to preach today on making calling election sure, but I can't get there. But it's time to go after your calling. It's time to go after your calling. It's time to go after your calling. 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 Go after it. Find out what you're called to do. And make your calling. A calling's an invitation. But the election's what you're chosen for. Lord said, make your calling. If I've invited you, you better be sure I'm going to elect you. Just because God's called you don't mean He's going to elect you. You better do something to show Him that you want this calling. Because I'm going to tell you something, for 45 years I fought for mine. I fought for mine. I've been criticized, lied on, lied on run down, my name cast out as evil. I've had people tell me they're going to vote me out of the body of Christ, block me out of churches, so let them go ahead. They're going to come a day, they're going to need this word. They're going to come a day, they're going to need this kind of deliverance. They're going to come a day, they're going to need somebody that's going to ground people in prayer and establish them in the faith instead of just preaching garbage to them. I can stand up here and preach a lot of things. I can preach some good message. I can make y'all shout. I can make y'all run the aisles. I can make y'all want to swing off the rafters. But it ain't putting anything in people just to get them excited in the flesh. If the Spirit of God excites you, so be it. If the Spirit of God burns a fire in your spirit, so be it. But you got to have something to keep you. Man, when you was testifying, I could feel the fire God running down my soul in that office. I had to come stand out here and hear what you were saying. Yes. Yes. It was. You could feel the witness of it. Yes. Why? Because God spoke to you. Yes. It ain't who you are. It's who He is. That's right. yes. It ain't who you are, Sister Deborah, what you can do. It's who He is and what He can do through you if you'll yield to Him. Yes. We've got to learn to yield to Him. We're so caught up in life. So caught up in trying to make a name in a ministry for ourselves. What gift do you have that didn't come down from the Father of lights? Every good and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights, which is above. You don't have nothing in yourself. And how you're living now it ain't your doing. It's His mercy and His grace that has destroyed the yoke off of you and give you the hunger to seek after His face. Yes. Hallelujah. Says, Kathy, I don't know why, but I keep feeling I'm fixing to put this thing in your hands. I'm fixing to turn it over to you. Because I'm going to tell you something. I've obeyed the Lord already. I don't have to do another thing. I've obeyed the Lord. The Spirit of God has walked in this place. And He's touched lives today. And I'm telling y'all, get ready. I'm telling you, get ready, get ready. Souls fixing to be saved. Souls fixing to come in. But who's going to be ready to teach them? Who's going to be ready to shepherd them? Who's going to be ready to lead them? I ain't talking about putting doctrines and traditions on them. I'm talking about the people going to see something in your life. They're going to see God revealed in your life and they're going to want what you got. 
The reason people ain't coming to God, they ain't seeing nothing out of Christians except judgment and condemnation. They ain't seeing nothing out of people that are supposed to be serving God except somebody looking down on them. My God, it's time to change. It's time to let the realness of God, it's time to let the power and the authority of the Spirit. We've tried to do this in ourselves so long, we've just about deceived our own selves. We got something we think we ain't got. I don't care what people think about me. Let's see who's standing when the smoke clears. When the heat of the battle comes and goes, let's see who's still standing and holding up the blood-stained banner of Christ. Because by His mercy and grace, I'll be standing right there. And I pray to God some of you standing with me. I pray to God some of you will fight the good fight of faith with me. You'll lay hold on eternal life. You'll stand in the gap. And you'll cry out to God for your loved ones, for your sons, for your daughters, for your husbands, your wives, your children. Because I'm going to tell you, it's what and don't not. If you'll pray now. If you start today and you'll pray now, you get in these prayer meetings, you'll get in what God's doing. God fix start saving your family. You hear me? God fix save your husband. I'm talking about the type of saved you call saved. God fix and get them, sister Deborah. God fix and get them. From your kids all through your family. How many if you got any family members alive, God's fixing to go after them. God fixing to go after brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins. God fixing to go after them. God fixing I'm timeline choice. Oh, hallelujah. My God. Lisa, go back there and hold that door. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. I see the Spirit of God in me with this burden for souls. And it's fixing to run. Hallelujah. And it's going out the door. And it's going after your loved ones. It's going after your, your husbands, your wives, your sons, your daughters, your children, your grandchildren. It's going after them. It's going after them. It's going after them. What people call an old-fashioned move with the Holy Ghost. It's fixing to hit again. Fix it to hit again. But it ain't going to just be a shout. It's going to change you from the inside out. Ooh, I like that, man. That rhymed. Ain't just going to be a shout. going to change you from the inside out. Because people got to have something to fight against sin. People ain't got nothing to resist sin no more. And the church is so let down the standard that anything goes. Church is full of fornicators. It's full of adulterers. It's full of lesbians and gays and queers. You call them what you want to. They're perverted. And people don't understand the reason they do that. They got an unclean spirit. They can't stop unless they're delivered. It's like an alcohol. It's like a drug addiction. It's like anything else. It's a spirit. They got to be delivered from it. But God said, when this comes, He said, when I pour this out, He said, in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, that's the church, He said, shall be deliverance. Shall be deliverance. It's what He says in the last verse of Joel 2. 2.28 said, it will come to pass in the last days, said God, that I'll pour out my Spirit. And it goes on down and says, and in Mount Zion, and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. 
And whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Hallelujah. You think God can't make it so rough on your kids and your loved ones, they won't hit them knees and call on the name of the Lord. You better believe he will. You better believe he will. And when God does it, you better keep your mouth shut. You get in there and pray for God to take his hand off of You let God bring them to their knees. Let God bring him to his knees. Let God bring that husband of yours down to his knees to where he's got to call on the name of the Lord. When you do, God will deliver him. God's got to bring Josh down to where so much is in his mind and his spirit that God breaks him and he falls on his face and calls on the name of the Lord. That's his day of deliverance. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Whatever God does, says Kathy, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Don't you get in the gap. Don't you intervene. It's time to get out of the gap. And let God do what he wants to do. I got a brother that's headed straight to hell. And I'm fixing to put prayer on him. Fixing to burn him up. His oldest son, my nephew... When he was 15, 16, and 17 years old, that boy was in my meetings, and I've seen him drunk under the power of God. So drunk he couldn't stand up the power of God on him, him talking in tongues. You know what he is now? Transgender. Changed his name to a woman's name, got long hair, and taken hormones to grow breasts. Because he got out from under God's hand. And that spirit has lied to him and talked to him. And if something don't move God for that boy, we'll fix him and go to hell. Just as straight as a homing pigeon to its nest. Fix him and go to hell. But I'm going to tell you something. God fix and get him. You know why God's fixing to get my brother? One thing, because of my mama's prayers. <laughs> I told somebody here a while back, I said, your mama may be dead and gone. But that don't stop her prayers. I said, God's going to be answering your mama's prayers long into the future after she's done dead and buried and decayed and gone back to dust. I said, God's still going to be answering your mama's prayers. And you ain't going to get away. You think you get away from prayer? Go ahead and try. You think you can run from a praying person seeking the face of God? You couldn't run, son. My prayers wouldn't let you. I've prayed for that boy and prayed for that boy and prayed for that boy. And y'all know I have. I've talked to you about him for several years. I said, I would to God that boy just get himself back on this word and do what he's supposed to do. I said, but you rest here to one thing. I said, I'm praying for him and I'm burning him up and praying somewhere. God going to turn him around. See, what you don't realize when God's hands on your life, I, my brother's called, my nephew's called, I, some of your loved ones is called, I, some of them have had experiences with God, some of them, God's never touched their life, I, but when God gets ready to move, I, you better get out of his way. God's ready to move. God's ready to move. God's ready to move. My wife has talked to me about things. She said, I don't like this and I don't like that and I don't understand this. I said, you mark my words. You've seen my word come to pass for nearly 35 years since we've been married. I said, but you mark my word. When God gets ready to set things in his order, ain't nothing going to stop it. Ain't nothing going to hinder it. And I said, what don't ever line up with it? 
God will move it. Change it. He'll do what He needs to do. Because God created everything in a divine order. And it's going back to it. The church of the living God's going back to it. If y'all didn't get that message I preached last week on the working of the ministry in the church, you need to get it. Because God is setting things in order. People are going to get their calling, they're going to stay in their calling. I'm not an evangelist no more. I was one for 22 years. God told me I'd been a prophet, I'd been an evangelist, I'd been a pastor, a teacher. And now, he said, you're an apostle. So I'm staying in my office. And I'm doing what God chose me to do at this time. I spent 22 years in evangelism. I prophesied things that's come to pass. And I know a lot of people don't like Facebook. And I've started many times to go off of it. But I got five messages this week. What I posted. They said, my God, that was so encouraging. One pastor wrote me and he said, man, he said, that word you put up there ministered so deep in my spirit and I so needed it. You know, pastors need help. I got another pastor that just texted me yesterday. He said, Brother Metter, that message you sent me on a new beginning that I preach right here in the church, that God spoke to me on July 13th, I sent him the tape. He said, I done played it in my church three times, I'm going to play it again Sunday morning. He said, because every time I listen to it, I get something new. He said, send me CDs. said, we're hungry for the Word of God. I said, I'll do better than that. I said, I'll send you my study notes. I said, I'll send you my notes. I'll go back to the first of the year and send you everything I prayed from first of the year. He said, my God, please. Please. He said, he said we want to grow. We want to come forth in God. He said, we want something alive to happen to us. We want God to move in our church. We want God to save souls. We want God to, and the only way God can do it, we've got to go after our calling. you got to go after your calling. People are sitting still, wondering what God's going to do next. God ain't going to do nothing if you don't get up and do something. He said the labor is what? Worthy of his hire. If you ain't willing to labor, you ain't getting paid. Let them hire you on a job and you go out there and stand around your hands in your pocket. <laughs> Watch everybody else work. <laughs> go ahead and stand around and talk. Tell everybody what you can do and how good you are. And You'd be lucky if you last first day. Might not last first hour. Because the Bible said the laborer is worthy of his hire. Don't you muzzle that ox. <laughs> that treads out that grain. Let me tell y'all something. You better not hinder what God's working in my life. You better not try to put a muzzle on this. Say, so, Brother Metter, we... Now, when you don't support, you don't pray, you don't go after your calling, you don't get behind me and help me fulfill the will of God, you're trying to muzzle this ox. Ooh, that didn't go over too good, did it? You won't never stop what I preach. You may hinder me financially. You may hinder what I want to do for God. You may slow me down. Paul said, I was hindered. <laughs> he said, once and again, Satan hindered me. You may hinder me. Somewhere God will move the hindrance. Y'all with me? 
time to get up and be about Father's business. It's time to put your hand to the plow. Let's go after our calling. It don't do me any good to have three evangelists in the church if y'all ain't evangelizing. And I ain't talking about running off to New York. Evangelists need to be in the local church. They need to be evangelizing the local community. I've been praying. We may put that red and white tent right out here. We fixed to put a tent up somewhere in LJ. I feel it. We fixed to put it up. And people going to come. They're going to hear the word. They're going to get miracles. They're going to get deliverance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to the Namahan Sokorechi. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I numb this spirit. I numb it, I bind it, I hinder it, and I neuter it in Jesus. And I command a turnaround. I command a turnaround and a recovery every day in Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Man, I just seen God neutered that thing. <laughs> he took the life out of it. Hallelujah. Glory. Go ahead and praise Him. Go ahead and praise Him. Hallelujah. I'm, before I turn it, Sister Kathy, I'm, y'all call it what you want. I've obeyed the Lord. I've done what God told me. I'm fixing to receive the offering. And I'm going to tell you this. Don't you, don't you tie my hands. We are fighting financially as hard as we can fight. I'm fighting as hard as I can fight to stay here in this church. But I'm a man that believes in paying your bills and paying your obligations. And if I got to go back to work to have to take care of my obligations, that's what I got to do. I told God yesterday, I said, that's what I'll do. But it, I know it ain't the mind of God. And I'm pressing for God. Because I got people outside this church send me support every month. If that's what God does, and that's what he's got to do, that's what I need him to do. But you know, Paul wrote. And Paul went different places. And there's places. He said in one place, he said, there wasn't no church. Out of all the churches I founded, he said, nobody ministered to my necessity. Not the first church. All them souls Paul saved and dug out, and they got miracles, and they got deliverance. He said, nobody ministered to my necessity. Nobody met my needs. He said, well, I had to go back to working with my hands to supply my needs. It ain't what I want. I don't believe it's mine to God. But if that's what I got to do, so be it. But I'm going to tell you something. God's telling you to help me and stand with me and you ain't doing it. God's telling you to hide somewhere. Because God wants something to happen right here. God wants something to happen right here. And I don't need my hands tied where I can't pray and seek God when I feel led to pray and seek God. And I've been spending the majority of my time up here praying and seeking God for God to bust this thing wide open. It's fixing to bust. I can feel it. But I'm going to set these offering buckets down. You honor the Lord. You hear me? You ought to be honoring God with your tithing and offerings anyway. I mean, as tight as things been on me last Sunday... I had $51 bills to go in missions for two weeks. I think I got about 20, but I think I left them at the church. I don't know where they come from, Sister Deborah. I don't know where all these dollar bills come from. 
But every time I turn around, uh, I paid a bill the other day. I had to go have a physical. And went to the doctor's office and the lady said, Oh, uh, you got a $5 copay. I said, Well, I think I got $5. And I reached my pocket. I said, Well, you take debit. She said, No, got to be cash. I had two $20 bills. That's all I had. I gave her one 20. She gave me back 10 ones and a five. And I just said, Really, God? She couldn't have given me back three fives. She had to give me 10 $1 bills. So them 10 $1 bills went to missions. They went to missions. Because God ain't going to leave me without. You hear me? He ain't going to leave me without. And I speak to you by the Spirit of God everything you've done over the years to support us and help us and bless us. The blessing comes on you and it comes on you. And it comes on you. Everything you've done, every sacrifice, son, every cup of coffee, hallelujah, every gift card, every time you slip money in my hands and been obedient to the voice of the Lord, I'm telling you, it's fixing to come back on you a hundredfold. If you can come back and look, look what God's doing at your place right now. Probably several thousand dollars worth of work, man. Just come over and donate it to you to get things done. I mean, probably what, four or five thousand dollars in, in just dozer work? There ain't no telling how much. At least four or five thousand dollars. He just give it to you. I didn't charge you nothing. You might have had to buy some tractor fuel or something, but hadn't charged you nothing. Done, done come in there and graded things off, got things ready, done this, done that. Hallelujah. I mean, everywhere you turn, God's doing something. God's blessing. God's prospering. I, my God, they, 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 they took a, 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 a pledge to stand with us every week to help us with a trailer rent up there. And they done had, what, about fifteen, sixteen hundred $1,600 worth of debt forgiven. I mean, just like that. Yeah, uh, his boss wrote him a check, paid a bill off. She got a call about a month ago and went into the company and the lady says, y'all been such good customers? I said, here's the title of your truck. I, he and said, this debt of what, six hundred and something dollars? Forgiven, just like that. You can't tell me you can outgive God. You can't outgive God. I, I, Solomon saw it and he said, people keep their money to their own hurt. You got to invest finances in the kingdom of God. Brother Meadow, you got finances? I got plenty of investments. They're invested in souls. They're invested in churches in India. They're invested in missionaries. They're invested in evangelism. They're invested in the gospel of Christ. I've loaned money to God. Because when you give an offering, actually what you're doing, whether you realize it or not, you're loaning God money. I didn't say you tithe, but you give him an offering, you're loaning it to him. And he fixing to give it back to you with interest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't, you can't outgive God. There ain't no way to outgive God. So I need y'all today to honor the Lord. I need you to do what's right in his eyes. You think I've said anything to get you money? Keep it. I don't want it. You believe in me, you believe in the God in me, you believe that God sent me here and that I'm being led by the Spirit of God and you get behind me and hold my hands up. And God's going to open the windows of heaven on people. And there's not going to be room enough to receive the blessing. That's God's Word. God said, you prove me. He said, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. There ain't room enough to receive it. Hallelujah. Glory. He's God. 
He's God and besides him there is no other. Come here, Lisa. Won't you take this? Praise God. I want you to take this and I want you to give it to your mama. And you tell her money is fixing to come to her from an unexpected source. And she's going to be able to give the way she wants to. When we first met, every time I turned around, my mother-in-law was putting money in my hand. But she had it then. She had the ability. She had the means to do it. She don't have it now like she wants to. But I'm going to tell you something. God. <laughs> The blessings of God. I command the blessings of God to come upon her. I command the windows of heaven to be upon her. To be opened upon her. That God pour out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive it. In Jesus' name. I speak a blessing and it cannot be reversed. <clears throat> because there's people that's got finances they won't give to God. There's a lot of people got finances. I'm around people got money all the time. But very few of them have a burden to give to God. Very few of them have a burden to give to God. But the people that's got the burden, God's fixing them to bless them. I'm telling you, God fixing them to bless them. God fixing them to bless them. I feel it. I see it coming. I see it coming. I see it coming. Y'all hear me? I see it coming. But this one thing you do, you honor God in your tithe, whatever God gives you, 10% belongs to Him. That's the word. She brother, maybe that's Old Testament. No, it ain't. You go to Malachi 3 and Malachi speaking of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Y'all hear me? He said, even the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. That's right here. Malachi speaking of the new covenant. He's speaking of the new prophecy. And he goes right below there. And he said, return unto me. And I will return unto thee. Is that what the word says? And they said, wherein shall we return? He said, in your tithe and in your offerings. He said, for this whole nation. You know why America's in the mess she's in? She's robbed God. She's robbed God. That's why she's in the financial mess she's in. And I had that vision in 2009. I saw that tornado. It was the economy. It was digging into the ground. And I saw people begin to pray and seek the face of God. And I saw a big hand come down, put on the side of it like a brake, and it stopped it and started spinning it the other way. And God said, if my people, he gave me that scripture, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. you was there, son. 2009, I'd fasted 30 days, and I went into that word of the Lord and into that vision. It was the morning of our youth, the last youth service in 2009 there at the church in Fort Payne. And I thought the Lord was going to have me prophesy it and speak it, but he didn't. He held me back. But then about a week later, I went to South Georgia and the Lord spoke to me and said, This is the word of the Lord to the nations. I heard it speak right here. He said, This is the word of the Lord to the nations. Not nation, nations. Oh, that made some preachers mad. I can't help what God tells me. And I don't make no apologies for it. I'm a vessel that God has called and chosen. I didn't ask for it. But I'm sure going to obey Him. And God gave me that scripture. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. God wasn't talking to sinners. He said, my people. He said, there's wickedness in my people. My people have picked up wicked ways. He said, they got to get them out. They got to humble themselves. They got to pray. They got to seek my face. They got to turn from their wicked ways. He said, they'll do this. He said, then I will hear from heaven. And I saw, says Pat, I saw that whirlwind start going the other direction. And I saw our economy coming up. And God said, if my people will listen to me and go to prayer and seek my face. He said, there'll be a day. He said, I'll turn this economy around and give my people a chance to get out of debt and get prepared for the tribulation persecutions fixing to come. I don't know if what we're going into right now, I don't know if it's elections going to turn it. I don't know. I'm not telling you it is. I'm just telling you somewhere God's going to turn things for the righteous. He ain't going to bless this nation as a whole. You hear me? America does not get the blessings of God with her perversion, her evil that she's turned to. She don't get it. But the individual righteous person, God's going to walk with them. God's going to shed his grace. He's going to shed his mercy. He's going to shed his goodness on them. So whatever you do today, I'd advise you to prove God. Man, this spirit's in here. I mean, it's in here strong. Because you ain't got one thing God didn't give you. The, the minds you got, the health you got, the blessings you got, is by the hand of God. And if you choose to keep it to your own heart, don't blame me. But man, I feel a special blessing in this offering today. And I, y'all know I don't talk about offerings much here. I don't say a whole lot. Do I, Sister Kathy? I don't say a whole lot about giving. People used to have a burden to give. They don't have that burden no more. People go out, eat, and spend 40 50 60 70 $80. Don't think nothing of it. They won't give you $10 to carry the gospel. Y'all hear me? They don't have that burden. People caught up in the pleasures of life. They caught up in flesh. I'm talking about good people love God. They'll go do whatever flesh wants to do. They ain't got that burden. If you ever prayed for God to move for us, move for this church, move for us financially, please pray. Because we need God to lift this burden. We need God to help us fight this battle. Because see, I'm the type of person, whatever God tells me to do, I'll do it. I'll do it. Ain't that right? My wife knows God speaks to me and I hear the voice of God. But ask Katie barred the door. Doesn't matter what it costs me. Don't matter what I lose. Don't matter what I go through. Don't matter what people say about me, Brother Donald. If I know God spoke to me. I used to tell, I used to tell people when I was on evangelistic field. I, I said, if God will speak to me, I said, I'll put a tent up on the back door of hell. Spit in the devil's eye and slap him in the face and tell him shut his mouth if I know God spoke to me. That's how much I believe God. And I said, and I'll have revival on the back door of hell. Because I've had people tell me, well, you can't have revival there. I said, don't tell me I can't have revival. God speaks to me, I'll have revival. And there's places God sent me that I've had revival. Other preachers couldn't do it. But that's the difference between just going and being sent. That's why I wait now. I've got, I've got people begging me to come different places. I said, I don't want to go nowhere unless God speaks to me. If I'm sent for by the Holy Ghost, I'd get something done. Y'all believe God today? Amen. Honor Him. Do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. As soon as I'm through this offering, says Kathy, I'm turned over to you. You can do what you want to. Stand on your feet.
I know. How do I follow this? You just do whatever God puts on your heart. Come on right now and honor the Lord. Ooh, man, I feel the spiritual. Oh, man, I feel the Spirit of God in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I can tell you this right now. I just saw it in the Spirit. I see four $100 bills. You better listen to God. I see four of them. You don't think I know what I'm talking about? I was ministering in Fort Payne. It's been several years ago now. And the Lord told me, I was taking the offering. He said, you tell somebody. He said, there's several thousand dollars in cash right here in this church. And I didn't say it because I don't want people thinking I'm in it for the money, Brother Donald. A lady walked out of the church, talked to my wife, opened her Bible, and had about three or four thousand dollars in the pages of her Bible, did she not? And I said to somebody in here, you got, you got several hundred dollars. God wants you to give some of it. They walked right out of church, didn't give a dime. Now their life's in a mess. Opened the Bible and showed it to my wife. Stacked a hundred dollar bills like that. What she sell over three thousand dollars? And God knew it was there. You better listen to what God's saying. You better listen to what God's saying. Cause in, I think it was in eighty seven. The Lord gave me over twenty one hundred dollars in a personal offering one night. That was the day the stock market crashed in 87. And then a lady turned around and handed me a check for $7,500 and I turned around and gave it every dime back to God. That was almost $10,000 in that meeting right there that God gave me. And the Lord told me, he said, don't you ever doubt me. He said, I can give you more in one offering. He said, didn't you work for making a job in a month? And I went to Canada in 86. And I came back from Canada. First time I'd ever preached up there. I came back with close to $10,000 ministry offering and over three dollars or $4,000 personal offering. And I turned around and gave half of that to help a man build a church on the Indian Reservation in Arizona. I've never seen it, never been there, never preached there. I gave him $2,500 to help him build that church. Gave him half of what God gave me in Canada to help build that church. See, I don't want money for cars and houses and lands and fancy things. I want money to do something for God. I want money to build a church in L.A.J. because God sent me here to do that. I'm going to do it. I want money to be able to go to the mission field and build churches in India and the Philippines. Wherever God orders my steps, I want to be able to help ministers and missionaries. And I'll get there because I ain't in this for personal finance. I ain't in this to prophesy to you about money. All these preachers out here prophesying about money, it ain't even Bible. I'm telling you, God will bless you. But I'm giving you the word. I'll give you, I'm giving you the word. God said, you prove me, I'll open the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing you can't contain. That's the word. The gospel of Luke, Jesus said, Give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, running over. Good measure I'll cause men to give to your bosom. Is that not what the word says? I'll stand on the word. See, you got to do something first. And you ain't going to give to God and then live wicked and live ungodly and live unholy and have God bless you. You got to live according to the word. Amen. Do you love him? 
Father, in Jesus' name, bless this offering. Bless the obedience. Bless God. What you've told me, Lord, as they've acted upon it. God, I've obeyed your voice. I've done what's right in your sight. I've been obedient to this heavenly calling today, Father. Give us your wisdom, your strength, your knowledge, your blessing. Bless this offering. Give us what we need. God, the church needs a roof, Lord. We need that trailer paid for. Get out from under this load. God, need about twelve dollars or $15,000 right now. Just take care of some things. But you're God. Money's no object. The silver's yours. The gold's yours. The cattle on a thousand hills is yours. Lord, and I'm in your hands. This church is in your hands. This work is in your hands. You cause people to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. And I thank you for the word. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you for the goodness. And I thank you for the way you've moved today. And I give you honor in the righteous, holy name of your precious child, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Says Kathy. Y'all give the Lord a good clap off. I was thinking, old hymn coming to my mind. It gets sweeter as the days go by. It gets sweeter as the moments fly. His love is richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter, 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 sweeter as the days go by. That is so old. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't even know how I remembered it. That's what I feel in my heart this morning. He just gets sweeter and gooder and better and more luscious and wonderful and awesome. And I just love him. I just love him. Hallelujah. Sister Pat, there's dinner at my house today if you're free. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I, there's nothing I can add to this. God has, I, if I even tried to, I don't think I could even find words. I'm just awed, awed and amazed. Father, we thank you for your love and mercy. Lord, I, just, I thank you for how you visited us today. That you were mindful of this people, God. And you just came down right in the midst of us and immersed us in your spirit. God, I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for your love, your mercies, your provision, all your blessings. Help us, God, to go forth and be different because of your word and because of who you are in us. And we praise you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen.